Hello humans, welcome back to my series about the Passion Week of Christ. So in the Passion Week timeline, on this day, which is Thursday, April 6th, Jesus and his disciples, they had Last Supper, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus lifted up intense prayers, and then Judas arrived with guards to have Jesus arrested. Now during the Last Supper, before they went to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus told Judas to go do what he was going to do and go do it quickly. After Judas had departed from them, Jesus comforted his disciples. So in John 14, 1 to 6, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How how do you know, how, how do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So listen, if you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, a Christian, a follower of Christ, a follower of the way, then you must be able to confess and proclaim that Jesus is the only way to salvation. There is no other way. In Acts 4.12, Peter said, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, throughout the many years that I have preached God's word as a Christian, one comment in particular consistently comes from the mouths of those who reject God and they rebel against his ways. They say, Oh, you Christians are always so narrow-minded. But is that true? Are Christians narrow-minded? Were those who were against the Nazis considered to be narrow-minded for believing that Nazis were evil and they needed to be stopped? Are Christians narrow-minded for believing that evil should be stopped and that everyone should act righteously according to God's absolute moral standard? Are Christians narrow-minded? Ignorance in the name of tolerance is the perfect condition necessary for complacency. It is in complacency that evil spawns. Evil spreads from ignorance in the name of tolerance. Without Christ as the core and moral compass, humans are easy targets. Let me just take a moment to ponder here. Humans. What a perfect host for evil. Look, spores require moisture, heat, and organic matter for food, right? Think of evil as the mold that grows within the perfect conditions of the house, which is the human host. To restore the house to a safe and healthy condition, the first step is to stop the leak and eliminate the moisture. Well, what is this leak? 
Well, it, it is indoctrination interwoven with true information that comes from the advertisement industry, the entertainment industry, and our public education system. This mold is false doctrines or beliefs. Now, to reject truth in the name of tolerance is to accept ignorance and lies as a foundation on which to build our lives. All Christians simply reject lies and fallacies. So, are Christians narrow-minded? Hmm, well, isn't a tolerance to lies an intolerance to truth? A false claim is either accepted by ignorance or intimidation. Now, with intimidation, the person who accepts a lie in the name of tolerance does so out of fear of being labeled hateful and intolerant and thereby subjected to ridicule and rejection. I refuse to succumb to moral and logical death out of fear of being labeled and rejected. I will not be intimidated into accepting a lie. I will speak the truth, but listen, I will always do my best to speak the truth out from love just as Paul urges us to do in Ephesians 4.15. But because some people claim that Christians are narrow-minded, well, you know what? I desire to honestly examine that claim. Let's examine it. The argument of narrow-mindedness is more emotional than rational or logical. Rather than allowing emotion to direct our reasoning, though, we need to find the reason for the emotion. We need to be able to separate feelings from facts. Now, in order to discover whether Christians are narrow-minded, the person staking the claim must first provide a definition of what it is to be narrow-minded. And the next, who actually fits that definition? Well, I will boldly proclaim that everyone fits the definition of being narrow-minded not just Christians. Muslims believe Allah is the only true God. If you disagree, they will tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> Isn't that equally narrow-minded? Or what about the relativist? They believe truth is relative, but if you disagree and say that truth is absolute, well, they will fault you. Isn't that narrow-minded? What about atheists? Atheists believe that God does not exist, and if you believe in God, well, they will tell you that you are wrong. Isn't that narrow-minded? Okay, but what about polytheists? Polytheists believe there are multiple gods. Okay, but if you believe in only one god, or reject all gods, well, they will tell you that you're wrong. Isn't that narrow-minded? Okay, well, what about religious pluralists? I mean, they believe all roads lead to the same heaven or god, can they be narrow-minded? They seem all-inclusive. Hmm, well, they believe that there are many ways to heaven. But if you believe that there is only one way to heaven, or no way at all, well, they will tell you that you're wrong. Even the pluralist is narrow-minded. Everyone is narrow-minded. Listen, even those who say that there is no such thing as right or wrong, they believe that they are right about their claims that there is no such thing as right. Even the person who thinks you can't know what truth is 
believes it is true that you can't know what truth is. But truth, by its very nature, has a narrow feature to it. Consider just some common examples. 3 plus 4 equals 7. It is not 5, 6, 8, 9, or any other number. It, no, it's 7. Only 7. There are no married bachelors. All kangaroos are marsupials. A circle cannot be a square. Are you narrow-minded for believing that a circle cannot be a square? Yes, of course. Truth is what it is, and truth is narrow and defined. Relativism denies absolute truth. Now, this is self-refuting, though, because they say that there are no absolutes, and they are absolutely certain of that belief. Pluralism proclaims that all beliefs can be true, but this is self-refuting because many opposing beliefs, they actually contradict each other. Therefore, if all are true, yet each one will negate the others, well, none of them will end up true. Naturalism proclaims that no supernatural events occur. But if God exists, then miracles can exist. In fact, miracles have been documented even in the medical field. Evidence does exist, which supports the belief in the supernatural. In fact, the greatest miracle of all time is the origin of life, which naturalism cannot explain on a purely naturalistic premise. To be a naturalist, one would also need to be an absolutist and narrow-minded. Look, people have conjured up many false ideas and concepts, all of which have created confusion. Now, essentially, there is a melting pot of cultures and an insurmountable amount of information on the internet. D doubt, doubt floats about like a mosquito that it's ready to suck the life out of people. The many lies that exist are accessible to the general population, like everywhere. But how can we know what a lie is unless truth exists to call attention to that lie? Truth is absolute and never relative. Therefore, some people are right and some people are wrong. Some people do good and some people do acts of evil which are bad. Not all beliefs can be right. Not all beliefs should be accepted. In fact, some beliefs should be rejected. If all truth is relative to the individual and everyone is right, well then no one is ever wrong regardless of how ridiculous, perverse, or immoral their beliefs are. Those who believe in trans-ageism, bestiality, rape, human trafficking, or human sacrifice, they would be just as right as everyone else who declares such acts to be evil. But how can that be? If all truth is relative, well, this includes all moral truth. Consequently, no one would have the right to complain about crime and to be angry when their loved ones are robbed and or raped or murdered. However, there is moral truth. So, why? By whose moral standards do humans operate? God Almighty is the absolute moral standard. 
The problem with relativism is that it is too inconsistent and illogical to be true. If relativism is true, the absolutist can never be challenged. Therefore, whoever challenges Christianity must also be an absolutist. But if you're an absolutist, well, you're narrow-minded. No one can live relativism consistently and without contradiction. Everyone acts as if absolutes are true in some way or another, and that is because there is absolute truth. And listen, when you see a coexist bumper sticker on a vehicle, you should realize that that claim contradicts itself and it renders itself invalid. That bumper sticker should say contradiction. And listen, may it be known, I'm not saying this out from hate, but from love. To allow someone to live a lie and to go to hell simply to appease feelings, that is hateful. It's intolerant to truth. I proclaim an absolute truth. Christ Jesus is Lord and Savior. He willingly sacrificed himself and saved us because we were incapable of saving ourselves. All other religions declare that you must do works and, and, and to earn your way to a god or to a utopia. However, Christianity declares that the Creator loves us, came to us so that we can be with the Creator in relationship as He designed. He broke what we messed up. That's love. Christ Jesus bridged the gap for us due to His love for us. Absolute truth. Seek and you shall find. Keep knocking and the door shall be open to you. If you seek with all your heart, mind, and energy, your effort, the veil will be lifted. Truth, you will see. Look, from the infinitesimal intricate details of DNA, which is a written code by a designer, to the colossal cosmic universe, which harbors thousands of organized galaxies that resembles gears of a clock or a watch, there is so much to see. There is too much evidence of the Eternal One to deny it all. All that has been designed must have a designer. All that has been created must have a creator. A mind can only come from a mind. In Matthew 7, 13-14, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. A true system of thought must be comprehensive of thought and life. It must possess consistency and coherence in its overall claims, but most important, Look, the system must correspond to reality, past, present, and future, natural and supernatural. No truth claim is all-inclusive. Any truth claim is exclusive. The grass is green. Well, that excludes all the other colors. A system that is all-inclusive makes no truth claim. And every proposition that affirms something denies something else by logical implication. So let's, let's paint a picture here. Let's talk about laws and signs. 
Now consider the facts that laws exist in society, right? And that humans often post signs as reminders of the laws. Well, for example, now if a person goes hiking, that person will most likely see signs posted, which instruct the hiker to stay on the trail. Do not go off the trail. Hmm. Now, is a command to stay on the trail hateful or intolerant to those who desire to disobey? No, it's not actually. It is simply a command. The human being has free will or free choice and is able to decide if he or she will stay on the trail or disobey and get off the trail. But why obey? Well, first and foremost, it's the law. Also, look, wildlife preservationists will assert that the command to stay on the trail was only created to help both the human hiker and the environment and its wildlife. By disobeying and straying from the trail, the hiker can and will most likely cause further erosion to the landscape, destroy plant life, disturb the natural order for wildlife, and perhaps even cause injury or death to self, all because the person disobeyed. And if that's not enough, getting off the path, think about this now, getting off the path will create new paths that others will later see and may follow, believing them to be the right trail, only to find out later it was a false path that only led to a dead end. And this is exactly what false religions are. They are false paths that lead to a dead end. They were created by people who chose not to stay on the trail, and it's all due to doctrines of demons. It's lies. Jesus is Lord, Savior, Source, Truth, Light, and the only way to life. There is no other way other than through the one and only Savior. God's Word, God's Word is the trail that we need to stay on. Jesus is the right path. Now many people throughout history have disobeyed the law. They ignored the posted signs. They ventured off the trail. And the new paths that they created caused further erosion, they destroyed the environment, injured, destroyed lives, and they led others astray to a dead end. It has caused death. All of those disobedient religious leaders ended up dying, dead in their sins. They are in the ground, still there. However, Jesus resurrected. His tomb is empty. So, in summary, in conclusion, look, the design was created, the way was clearly marked, and the law was posted. The way to the kingdom of heaven is exclusive. It is through Jesus alone. The kingdom of heaven is a universal offer through an exclusive person, Christ Jesus. So yeah, sure, I'm narrow-minded. I am narrow-minded with good reason, 
about who can save me, but I am wide-minded about who can be saved. God has provided the opportunity for salvation to all people in all places. Anyone anywhere who seeks Jesus can find truth. Anyone who accepts truth can be saved through the narrow gate of Christ Jesus, who is the way. The entrance is narrow, but the gate is wide open. It's not closed. Not yet. But there will come a day when Jesus will return. On Judgment Day, people will be separated into two classes. Darkness will be separated from the light, the common from the holy, unclean from the clean, impurities from the pure, cure, uh, curse from the blessing, the bad from the good, the evil and lawless from the righteous, the sinner from the saint. At harvest time, the weeds will be gathered and thrown into the fire. And on that day, it will be too late for the unrighteous weeds to enter into the kingdom of God. You and I are both narrow-minded. However, who lives according to love and truth? The righteous in the name of the Savior. Judas Iscariot ignored the posted signs. He chose to create his own path, and he ended up in his own field of blood. Judas was also narrow-minded, but his focus was on a dead end, not the narrow entrance to life. Where is your focus?